is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Bran. I love Hallmark movies. Hey, I'm Panda, and I like Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. And I'm Luke McFarlane, and I am in Hallmark movies. And this is the Deck to Hallmark podcast. My gosh, today wow. is finally the day where we can shut everybody up. Oh my goodness. Quit if we have one more request for Luke McFarlane on this program, so help me. Now, we, we had, had to I, hire somebody yeah, just to just, just handle to, those emails. Just to, yeah, feed those emails. Typically, we do this bit, Luke, and usually we're lying. But we're serious. In this case, we're serious. <laughs> I, I don't think there is a person um, that we get more requests to talk to than you, Luke. And so it is so uh, good to finally have you on the podcast. Um, and just so that we will, like our emails will calm down. So thank you for joining us. Oh man, thank you for having me. Wouldn't it be really disappointing if I hired someone to play me <laughs> <laughs> to join you guys on the podcast? That would be a very hallmark thing to do. Uh, <laughs> you also hired people to email us, and so you've been really yes. doing you've been Playing doing it all. Sides. Well, yeah. I, I uh, thought it's very elaborate. Yeah. I thought that Luke was just ignoring us, but it turns out he just got an Instagram this weekend. <laughs> so yep. he he just is a little bit late to the game when it comes to the social medias. Yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah. That's totally accurate. I, I, I think, um, you know, during this uh, coronavirus thing, it was actually a conversation with my manager. He's like, I think, you, you know, you should, you should try this. And uh, so I'm taking baby steps into the uh, Instagram world. It's, uh, whew, it's a big, big world out there <laughs> it's on Instagram. A, it's a big world. And, um, you know, I don't know if you've discovered this, Luke. Um, we, you know, you made us something Kids. and we'll show it off in a second, but, um, we, um, we posted a video of you, you know, that you posted of you making this amazing woodwork. Um, you, uh, of course, as you do when you're making wood, uh, you were shirtless. Shirtless. That's right. And, oh um, and, uh, I was under the impression you're going to be shirtless for this interview and That's we were going to also I... be just to make you comfortable, <laughs> yeah, but we don't want to make you, we don't want to make you feel bad. Um, but, um, I don't know. People really think, um, that they can say whatever they, they want. want to. Um, how does that make you feel? Well, I think the first rule of uh, social media is don't look too closely. Uh, <laughs> so it's like there are those that watch and there are those that comment. Yes. And, uh, you know, I think it's, you know, it's nice to put yourself out there. But uh, if you start sort of like shifting through and trying to read everything, I think you're going to you're going to eventually come across something that is just yeah. really upsetting. Now so I really try not to look at a lot of it. Yeah, we brought on the uh, top three best comments to talk to you. <laughs> get to know you a little more. No, no, no. Wow. Um, so, uh, but you did, before you get going, you did make us this incredible, and what you showed on Instagram is not the finished product. No, Could you just it. hold no. that up real quick for I, us? I have oh. too much time on my hands. Man. So wow. That's amazing. Is, is made out of Douglas fir, which is one of my favorite woods to work with because it just smells so darn good. It smells like... If Christmas uh, had a wood, it would smell like Douglas fir. Wow. How long will it smell? How long will it smell like that? Well, now it kind of smells like linseed oil, so uh, unfortunately Mm. it doesn't smell great. That's a classic uh, linseed oil. So it's uh, your guys' uh, thing engraved here. I love it. And uh, it's in the shape of a tree, so you guys can hang it on your... uh, 
your table when you do your next live podcast. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you right now, that is thoughtful above and beyond, and we we can't, we couldn't be more excited to have it. Up, it's uh, it's amazing, know. and we'll we'll pay the thousand dollars. It'll cost to ship it yeah. to us. We're have you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Have you yeah. been pitching Hallmark to be in a woodworking movie? You know, like where you get to really just do the thing that you love to do anyway. Not really. It's it's that kind of tricky thing where like you don't quite want to start doing the thing you love too much professionally or then you stop kind of loving it mm-hmm. as I'm sure you've discovered with podcasts. No way. No, no, no. Give me more Hallmark movies, Luke. <laughs> um, let's, uh, we'll, we'll, I, we're going to get to the Instagrams. We're going to get to the wood. Um, I'd love to take uh, us even further back to childhood and kind of mm. like what you were like as a kid. Um, at what point did you discover acting that it was a thing that you like wanted to do? When did all that happen as a, as a, as a Luke kiddo? Wow. Oh boys, begin the music. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I grew up in London, Ontario, which is like a great kind of a uh, college town in Ontario, you know, London. Uh, London, London, Ontario. Uh, actually, in fact, I'm sporting the London Knights, which is our uh, local hockey team, uh, which produced a lot of great players. Yeah. So it's a great place to grow up and cross the river from Detroit-ish. And uh, yeah, I played the cello. I was like a bit of a music kid. So I uh, kind of in choirs and I played the cello and I was, I guess, I guess kind of a shy kid, to be perfectly honest. The other thing I should say is I have a twin sister, um, which is, by the way, why my Instagram is called 10 Minutes Younger. Ah, oh, that makes like, sense that's now. That's 10 underscore minutes underscore Younger. younger. That's correct. So I always kind of grew up, and my sister is one of the funniest people I know, my twin sister. And it's funny because you always would have thought she would have become the uh, performer in the family. She was always the one that was cutting us up and making us laugh. And uh, um, anyway, so yeah, so I played music. Uh, I was good, pretty good student, and always thought that I was going to have a career in sort of maths or sciences. My, my father was a doctor, and my mother it was a nurse. And um, in high school, I kind of started doing plays and really liked it. And I had a great high school drama teacher that said, you could be an actor. And I looked into it and just thought that was like a terrifying profession. Um, <laughs> because yeah, actually, we used to have this thing with, uh, with school where you go like to the uh, thing, you know, career counseling type stuff in high school. And I remember it had this program and you could kind of put into the program, like how much money a year does an actor make? And just <laughs> like being shocked. I was like $35,000 a year. Oh my, I can't be an actor. But then of course, like you just get really interested and you want to be an actor. And then I sort of decided to set my sort of limits really high. And I was like, if I'm going to go into this crazy unknown profession, I want to go to the best school. So I auditioned for the Juilliard School in New York City, took the Greyhound bus down there. And uh, it was funny. It was like when I look back at that time, I was like, I kind of knew I was I was going to do that. I, I, I love New York. I wanted to go to the school and uh, I got into Juilliard. And that's where it began my uh, career. Well, wow. judging by your kitchen, I think it's clear you make less than 35000 a year. Yeah, so for sure. <laughs> we'll definitely take care of the shipping. I promise. Yeah. It's not going to be an issue. Luke, I, I feel really... The reason I'm in my kitchen, I should just say, is the lighting is the best. Here. You look great. It's Direct, a great this, this episode of Deck the Homework, directed by Luke McFarlane. That's right. Yeah. In fact, that's right. you can believe it. That's right. Yes, that's right. Luke, I did everything. I'm the father of twins, twin boys. Do you, oh. ha- do you have any advice for me from a twin perspective? Anything wow. growing up where you were like, man, I wish I wasn't a twin here. 
Wow. Well, first of all, congratulations. Thanks, I man. think being, being a twin is, is awesome. I, you know, my parents made this decision um, that we would always be in separate classes. So we, I mean, it's different. I don't know. Are your boys identical? No, they're not. They're, they're not identical. Okay. They're paternal. Well, I think that, you know, you already have a bit of a leg up because you're not really competing for the same space. But my parents really felt like they want us to have individual lives. And we kind of, we were always in different classes. We always had different groups of friends. We all had different interests. Um, so, I, yeah, that, that was, I think, a really good decision on their part to just, like, make sure that we didn't always kind of have to be together. So, but being a twin is the best. It really is. You always have a friend. You have a mm. friend at the first day of school. You have a friend, you know, the first day of summer camp. And, uh, yeah, it's great. Wow. It's awesome. Great. Um, when I think of Juilliard, I think of, like, like it's fancy. It's, like, high mm -hmm. art. Mm -hmm. um, what, uh -huh. what was your experience like there? Did you come across a lot of people that also thought that they were fancy and making high <laughs> art? Like, what was, what was it like? Was it pretentious? Was it, like, more laid back than people might think? Gosh, it's so hard to talk about like that for your experience. I mean, certainly it's fancy. You're there at Lincoln Center. Um, and then there's the music school, which has been around longer than the drama school. The music yeah. school is like about 100 years old, and the drama school is about like 50 years old. So we're kind of, I think, the new kids on the block at the school. Um, but like, no, it was great. It was easy for me because I had very little expectations about what acting was. You know, the people in my class that had done every regional theater play and were like child celebrities. And I think in a lot of way, they had a harder time because they had to sort of unlearn a lot of stuff. But for me, I was just like, well, I don't know anything. So just <laughs> kind of tell me what to do. But it was great. It was super cool. New York City, like what a great place to be like 18. That yeah. was awesome. You know? Yeah. Did you uh, did you graduate and go straight into full time acting, or did you were you were your expectations uh, like totally off? You had to get a job, and it was just grinding for a while. I mean, I was pretty lucky. I started working in the theater kind of pretty quickly, so I, I did a couple off Broadway plays, and I was really reaching for that thirty five thousand dollar a year. Uh, <laughs> Shoot for the stars, Luke. Salary? No, really. Like it's it's really nuts. You're you're trying to live in New York City and you're making four hundred dollars a week doing Ooh. plays. Yeah, it's really tough. So I actually was. I remember uh, the second play I ever did. I was doing the show and I was painting hallways um, out of this like huge high rise building. It was such like a Sisyphean task i remember like and i would always have like green paint on my hands when i would show up to the uh the play and they're like you have to clean your hands better i was like i can't get the paint off i can't get the paint <laughs> off but i was making more money painting doors than i was wow. working in a theater did yeah. uh anything we like off broadway plays like what, what all were you in you Gosh, were Hamilton, off, right? Yeah, you were the original <laughs> Hamilton. No, I wish, I wish. Uh, no, they were off-Broadway plays. Um, my first play was a, a really kind of reputable theater in New York called Juvenilia by Wendy McLeod. Uh, I did a play by Christopher Shin called Where Do We Live? I did uh, at the Vineyard Theater. Nothing you, you might not have heard about, but really, really reputable playwrights. Um, I did work on Broadway once, but that was later in my career. Um, What'd you do on Broadway? So, I did a play called The Normal Heart, which HBO turned into a movie. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Did, uh, yeah. So was, was theater kind of like as you thought about what you wanted to become as you're going through college and stuff, was that like I want to be a theater actor or was film kind of always something that you wanted to, to kind of transition to eventually? I mean, film always felt sexier. You know, film always felt like harder to achieve in this sort of access. And 
I don't think you really know what you want when you're kind of starting your career. You're just like grateful to have work and it kind of, it finds you. Um, and I, I certainly felt that way. Uh, I never thought, and I can very confidently say this now, TV is the medium that I love working in the most and I want to continue to work in TV. But I don't think at the beginning of my career I would have thought that. I uh, got this tiny part in the movie Kinsey uh, where I played the son of uh, Liam Neeson and Laura Linney. And I remember thinking like, oh yeah, it's on. I'm going to be <laughs> huge. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be a star. And uh, that did not happen, but... Uh, <laughs> I quickly realized that like working in uh, movies was a totally different um, art form. What was the biggest uh, change in your mind that you experienced between working obviously in a movie and then uh, TV? I think like what I like about TV is there's like a speed to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's generally TV is, and I'm making big generalizations and obviously it's a, it's a totally new landscape now, but TV Generally, dialogue is more important. Character development is more important because you have less time to do like that huge, expensive tracking shot where you come through the city and pan up, and like you have to. Be, you're a little bit sort of limited on budget when it comes to like big scale of shots and stuff like that. So it gives a lot more to the actors to develop a uh, character and dialogue. So I like that. You know, it, it's a bit more of the actor's medium. Do you not feel? The do you feel like it's a, uh, like a little bit closer to that theater feel than movies is? You feel like it's a little bit of a closer uh, connection. I think the the thing that makes it closer to theater is the the scope of how long you work with people. You know, in TV, if you're going to do a ten episode series, you're going to be with those people a lot longer than if you're going to do a movie that's going to be an hour and a half. Um, so in, in, as far as the offset experience or the onset experience and like bonding with people, TV's more like theater because you're just with the people longer. So, uh, how long after you finished at Juilliard, did you get that Kinsey audition or whatever your big, that's probably your big break. I see Tanner on Tanner of here, but Kinsey's your first really, you know, thing. Uh, how, how, how long in between those two or were you still at Juilliard? I was definitely graduated at that point. I, I should add, this is not on my MDB page. The first time I was ever on camera was for a SEAL video. <laughs> <laughs> kiss How is kiss from a rose? No, da, 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 I da, need da, love, <laughs> love divine. Please forgive me now I see that I've been blind. Do you know that? So, no. No, my oh, wow. seals uh, basically kiss from a rose is where it that's kind of, it. That's yeah. that's the that that's the. Most I was I thought when you said a seal video that it was like a documentary of seals and you're just <laughs> oh, in the background yeah, eating like some cotton candy or something. <laughs> that's well, a great seal. We need a guy seals. watching seals. Oh, it's just you rating seals. We, ju- we just cast yeah, a six out of ten. Yeah, we, we just cast Luke McFarlane as guy watching seals. <laughs> this is big break. Or guy in seal costume. Yes, <laughs> yes. Trying to fit in with the seal. Guy in seal costume yeah. raiding seals while watching a seal music that's right, video. Man. And Not that's all that. right. That's man. Like a Bernard that's, documentary that's, right there. Yeah. So your first time on camera was the seal music video. Yep. Wow. Uh, for Love is Divine. And uh, it was it was so crazy. So I'm like in this thing. My girlfriend is like breaking up with me. There's obviously no dialogue. And I'm running down the street after her taxi. And I open her taxi door and I look at her and she looks at me. And then I touch her hand. And that was it. But my run down the street in Soho is the craziest run. I look 
crazy. Like <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm like a really stiff sort of like the torso isn't moving and the arms are doing weird. Like a Tom Cruise like, run situation. It, yeah. A little bit like a Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't understand at the time, the director just kept on wanting to do it over and over and over again. I was like, what is like, what am I doing wrong? And in hindsight, I wish the director just said, I'm, I'm going to show you something. Come here. Look at, look at the monitor. Look at how you're running. <laughs> You, you look like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would have gone like, oh, I can change that. Yeah, yeah I can make a normal person he, run. He could be like, like, could you try one normal? Could you try <laughs> yeah. one where you run normal? Oh, man. Yeah, I wish. I remember showing it to my parents. I got like a, a you know a copy of it, and I showed it to my parents. We're watching the whole video, and my segment comes up. And my parents simultaneously go like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Nothing like the support and nurturing of a uh, home with two doctors in it. Absolutely. <laughs> a doctor and a nurse. Yeah. How did your twin sister react? Did she laugh too? Oh yeah, everybody laughed. I don't think she was there at the time, but everybody laughed. Oh great, <laughs> dude. Uh, so, is there a memorably That's the career along the way? Now I know you find brothers and sisters, and you end up on TV for years and years, and that's awesome. Is there a memorably bad audition, like one audition that sticks out that you left and you went, "Boy, that was awful. I just couldn't have been worse." Yeah, uh, I. Early on, I had made like an audition tape for um, Mick G, and he was a director who was going to be doing Superman. Yeah. And like, this was kind of like, I barely knew how to audition. I was kind of right out of Juilliard, but like, my audition tape apparently, you know, made its way up the ranks, and people were like, this guy's good. Like, "Mm, check this guy out. So I had this audition with Mick G, and I didn't really understand what any of it meant. And I just remember I walked into the casting room and, you know, McGee was sitting there. And the first thing he did, he had a basketball. And I opened the door and I was like, hello, threw <laughs> the basketball at me. <laughs> and like, I literally went like, ah. <laughs> and like, it sort of sadly bounced on the floor. Oh, and no. I was like, I think he was going to see if I could catch the basketball. Like, it was like some weird sort of like <laughs> kind of. Darwinian, like, let's see how good your instincts are, sailor. And <laughs> I just never really recovered from that. I, I was, it was mean. I was like, Mick G threw a basketball at me, yeah. you know, because you, you don't expect to open a door in like a small New York City casting office and have a basketball. <laughs> Especially head. when the director is there. I mean, he did, he's done what Terminator Salvation or one of those Terminator movies. He did Charlie's Angels. He did a bunch of music yep. videos and he's there just chucking basketballs at <laughs> all the Chucking all day long. You know? I wonder, you, I wonder if the eventual Superman caught that ball. Yeah. I, well, he didn't direct actually, it. So, he yeah. didn't. Oh. Yeah, it all kind of fell apart. Oh, yeah. He didn't direct it. He it's didn't. probably because he was chucking oh. basketballs at people. <laughs> people started complaining. As someone that likes movies, let's be clear, it was a good thing that McGee never directed Superman. I'm just going to throw it out there. Oh, uh, well, I appreciate that based on my... Or maybe he, like, progressed to, like, shooting arrows at people. <laughs> he, McGee, you're not wanted for murder. You cannot yeah, do he this. He killed Brandon Roth. <laughs> <laughs> With an arrow. That's why he was so bad in Superman Returns. Yeah. It was a weekend at Bernie situation. Did you leave, did you leave that casting office and just find your, the friend nearest to you and go... You will not believe this. I walked into a room and just got a basketball just chest pass right at me. 
Well, you know, I think the thing is, is like that was so early in my career. And I think if I really go back and look at things, I, I didn't really, I didn't really realize anything. I didn't really realize how big a deal it was that I was even getting in to see that guy. So I just remember thinking like, oh, well, this is all, all part of it. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, not, not really. I, I, uh. Did yeah. you go into every audition after that ready to catch a basketball? You, you walk in, <laughs> you're just like, All right. triple threat, just right yeah, out like of the gate. That's yeah. right. So have your reflexes improved since then? Oh, my gosh. So much. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the thing that happened to me, too, is like, I, you know, I started getting into all the CrossFit-y stuff a little bit later in life. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you worked out, Luke. You seem like a guy no. that just sits around eating Cheetos all day. That's nah, what it seems no. like. Well, now you kind of find out that you have to work out. You got to create structure in your life as an actor because it is all just yeah. coming at you at weird times. Yeah, all same, the time. same so, as a podcaster. Same yeah, as yeah, a podcaster. yeah, yeah. We, we have a very strict yeah, regimen. I, I, uh, I, I, I rode a bike yesterday, so uh, basically <laughs> same. <laughs> basically same. Um, so uh, you're you're starting to audition. You're doing all these uh, these uh, getting different roles, doing different things. And you yep. start to discover TV's kind of your deal. You're liking that. At what point um, did Hallmark kind of uh, enter the the picture? Because they're you know they're uh, kind of a combination of the two. They're making movies, but they're you know made for TV movies. So they're fast totally. paced. They're 15 days. How did that uh, come to be? Because it seems like a pretty good match for you. I can't remember exactly what it was. I can't remember what series I had finished, and I was back in LA and. I didn't really even understand or know what Hallmark was. And my agent called me and was like, yeah, do you, you want to go up and do this movie called uh, The Memory Book? And I was like, okay. And I read the script and I was like, oh, I get to canoe. That, that's fun. <laughs> Never got to canoe in a movie. And I love canoeing, by the way. Um, so that was my first movie. And I really un- honestly didn't really know what Hallmark was. I just remember thinking like, oh, this is like a sweet film. I, I kind of felt like I was going back in time, you know, what we were making. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Wow. So uh, let me ask you this. Everybody always says they work with the best people and every cast and crew is like a family and they're so wonderful and they're so great. Uh, yeah. Excluding Hallmark uh, yeah. and excluding Brothers and Sisters, because you were on that show for like 90 episodes. Uh, yep. You were on a lot of other TV shows. You popped in for an episode or two, maybe nine or ten. What's the best family feel of a cast that you ever, ever had? Man, well, s- families are so different, right? Yep. Everybody's family is different, so it's hard to it's hard to pick favorites. Um, honestly, I, I, I can talk about all the sets. I loved working in Albuquerque when I did the night shift. But if you had I to just, pick one, Luke, mm, right, right, one right. that's the most familial to you. Yeah, uh, that would. <laughs> uh, well, honestly, this is the truth. Uh, speaking of twins, I worked uh, for five seasons on a sci-fi show with Aaron Ashmore and Hannah John Carmen, and we—I I have never laughed so much on set. We would cut each other up like all day long, and I love them. And it was because it was really just the three of us as series regulars on that show. We spent so much time together. Is this Killjoys? This Kill- was Killjoys. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. Sci-fi show, action adventures, space bounty hunters. Wow. I've never even heard of it, but I'm into it now. Yeah. It's great. Honestly, Hannah John Carmen, brilliant, brilliant actress. It was like her first big thing. You know, you might know her from Ant-Man and the Wasp and she was in Ready Player One. Yeah. And Aaron Ashmore, who is like beloved sci-fi guy. Um, incredible, man. Just an amazing actor. So, Fantastic. Yeah, they were great. 
You know, um, I'm looking at your your IMDb, and I notice you know you do you know a handful of uh, Hallmark movies. You do. Um, it seems like you you do a good bit of the Christmas ones, which is uh, yes. you know it's interesting because a lot of people do them, and they'll have a couple of Christmas movies and then a handful of other seasons. You seem to really get the Christmas. Um, is yeah. that because you love love Christmas, or is it just worked out that way for you? Or are you like, hey guys, if you get a Christmas, uh, toss toss a bone my way? I love Christmas. I love Christmas movies, but I think honestly, the reason it worked out that way for a long time is I was always busy during the other seasons. Oh. So it was sort of like the Christmas ones were the ones that worked out with my with my time slot uh, or availability. So that's how uh, I ended up doing a lot of Christmas ones. You know, um, um, one of the most beloved ones and one that I know you love talking about uh, is The Mistletoe Promise. It's one of yes. my favorites. It's a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. It's a fan yeah. favorite. Our friend Alonzo yes. uh, is his favorite. He came on to talk about it. Um, that movie, <laughs> I, 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 I say this and I'm not kidding. That movie has... Uh, year after year, people are looking forward to that movie. It's kind of in the handful of movies that people are like, I can't wait for this one to, to come back on the air. Um, wow. what, what is it about that one, you think, that, that sticks out for people? It's always so funny, the ones that like end up popping and becoming popular. You never really know when you're making it. Um, I think that uh, Jamie King is a really amazing actor and she was like committed to like making it interesting and i think it was her only hallmark film yeah i think so yeah yeah Yeah. so she just kind of came in there with like i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna put my stamp on this and as you guys know like hallmark has a really you know clear picture about what will and will not pass and what's good and you know Especially, I think, when it comes to, like, you know, the way that the girls are going to be. And, like, you know, I remember she wanted to wear her hair tight. And they were like, oh, I don't, I don't know. If you're, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she did, you know, so she really committed to it. So she just always came with, like, really strong, bold choices. I also remember that movie. It was, like, it was, we just, like, it was quick and dirty. Sometimes it was, like, one take, big walk and talks. And I remember being like, did we get that? Like, did I say my lines <laughs> correctly like we're moving on um so that's cool i love that movie it was it was fun well i think it's also like one of the first uh, the the storyline's kind of been uh done a few times since then but it was the first one that i remember with that storyline the fake romance fake romance uh and it it was it was it was special and different enough uh to really stick out in my mind and it's it's one i think it's the best version of that that storyline kind of you know, in fact, I think they, they went on to do like a whole fake romance thing because I remember one year getting offered uh, a kind of similar mistletoe yeah. type promise movie. Yeah. And then like I was reading the script. I was like, this is awfully familiar. And then my agent would be like, oh, they're taking that back. You can't do that. You've already done something. That <laughs> That's fine. I was like, oh. Did you read the book before you did the before you did it? I didn't re- I have read the books in other times, but I remember the producer came to set and explained that the book is based on a much more. Yeah, yeah I've heard it's crazy. Yeah. I haven't read it, but I've heard it's crazy. Mm. Wait, how did you even know there was a book? I'm fascinated by you guys. How did you guys get so fascinated with Hallmark movies? He gets so, fascinated like, with Hallmark movies yeah. and he drags us along. I, here's the thing that's crazy is we've been doing this two years, and yeah. I initially I was like, this will never take off. Nobody will ever listen. And now. 
I, the movies are still an absolute slog for me, but getting to do these interviews are the best part of what we do. Like hearing people like, you know, get to say that every movie they've ever worked on is a joy is actually like, and really trying to dig past that is really fun for me. And that is kind of leading into my next question, which is, which is your favorite Hallmark movie that you've been in? Which one do you really, which one are you proudest of? How about that? Well, it's, I think as far as like the end result, um, and like based on what you guys were saying, people really liked um, Mistletoe Promise. And I, I will say that was also the hardest movie I ever made. I, I like, I like drove myself to set for that one for some reason. I just oh. remember like, man. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's I drove my I drove like, myself oh, to work sorry. today, and it's oh. uh, he must wow. make thirty. He must make thirty six. You make thirty six, don't you? Oh, that's the big money. Yeah. <laughs> You just lost half your... That's right. Okay, but let me set this up. The rear view camera in my Mercedes wasn't working, (laughs) and I drove myself to set anyway like a pedestrian. I rode a rickshaw. The the props (laughs) department made me put on my own pants. (laughs) Wow. Wow, I totally... When things come, I yeah. Okay, you did go. You did go to Julia, didn't you? Thank you very much, everybody. I hey, go to my Instagram. You'll see that I'm a very handy. That's right. Yeah, it's very hard, yeah, very hard work. No, well, I, I say that because like uh, usually you get picked up and you know you live in Vancouver and you go out to these sets that are like an hour and a half away. And um, I, I was driving myself, so I like had like a GPS and I was trying to find the sets. And I, it was just like always like really hard for me. To know where the heck I was going every single day. And the hours were super long on that movie, and we moved really quickly. And um, Jamie, who is amazing, really was rarely on time. So that was tough. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Wow. I, I love it when people aren't on time. It's my favorite it's thing. Be- it's, it's, beca- it's because, it's because uh, she had to drive herself, too. That's right. And that's not, no, listen, no. it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. No, so, no. She did not drive herself. What's the driver's fault? You get an offer, maybe a script, and yeah. basically somebody pitches you and goes, here's the deal, Luke. There's this movie. We're going to call it A Shoe Addict's Christmas, <laughs> and it's going to have Candace Cameron Bure in it. At, at what point do you go, I'm in? Did you have to read the whole script, or were you just like, what in the world? Or did you like get to see like the hat that they wanted you to wear in that movie? And you're like, yeah. Ooh, I'm into I'm that in. newsies yeah. hat. I was like, send me a hat picture. No, the, the, the newsies hat is from Sense, Sensibility, and Snow. Is it? Yeah, 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 you're right. Okay, yeah. so yeah. I'm so sorry. I get somebody's got. We keep get our hats confused here. around yeah, here. Yeah, 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 for sure. I definitely was like not sure about that hat. And like some days on set, you're just like, yeah, it's just fine. I, I was like trying to like. <laughs> no, you pull it I, off. I wanted to wear like a toque, and they're like, oh, this is kind of fun. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And then I like. I put it on. And I was like, oh, yeah, I like this. You this inspired good. Panda to buy a, a right. hat I just actually, like that. I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to go back to your question, though. Favorite movie to work on. I was really, really, I think the first Christmas movie I ever did was uh, Christmas Land. And I loved filming in Utah. That was wow. really, really, really fun. I, I, I had a great time. We had an amazing director, Sam. And uh, I really liked that one. That was my first, like, uh, understanding of like, oh, the Christmas movie, huh? Interesting. Um, but Candace Cameron, I so I was filming my sci-fi series when that happened, and it was going to work out that literally I would finish the series, the sci-fi series, like finish like the last day of like five years, and the next morning have to get on a plane and fly to Winnipeg to do that movie. 
Um, so like, there's always that, that moment when you, you know, you get a job and offer, you're like, Oh, I really want to, I want to keep working. Working is important. Um, but it was, it was hard to like, just literally go from one to the next, like with, with no time. And because I do love driving, I had driven my car to Toronto and I was like, I have to figure out what to do with my car. And I like, I parked it in like long-term parking at the Pearson airport for like a month while I, while I filmed that movie. So it's like the logistics are kind of always crazy. He's going to, he's going to mention his love for driving in every answer for now on. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, in my experience, I love him. Driving. The problem is what's he supposed to say? My driver on the, on the, uh, (laughs) sense and sensibility of snowman had to fire him. (laughs) I mean, he was the worst. I'm always, uh, I'm fat. Good. Going to sense and sensibility and snowman. I'm always fascinated. You know, the homework schedule comes out in mm. you know August, you see these movie titles for the first time. You see which one's going to be on Hallmark Channel, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Um, mm. And uh, true or not, whether or not Hallmark views it this way or not, you know Hallmark Channel seems like the A list movies. Hallmark Movies and Mysteries seems like the B list and in the Christmas world. Um, mm. And Sin, Sensibility, and Snowman was an interesting movie because it it fl- it went back and forth in the scheduling. It was a Hallmark Channel mm. movie, it was a Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, Hallmark Channel it ended up on Movies and Mysteries. Is do you? Is there any part of you that like sees that and is like, what in the world is going on? Do you do, does, do you view it as being a, a B list movie? Well, it's so it's that's a very hard hitting. That's what I'm. I mean, uh, yeah. I, people don't well, think that I do, but I do. Yeah, no. <laughs> Mrs. Walters, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think the longer I've spent uh, on Hallmark, the more I've realized, kind of, I guess, a little bit more of the hierarchy of, of how that works. And Aaron Krako, who I did um, Sense and Sensibility. Right. You know, she's she's very, very big and very, very important to them and just the loveliest person, by the way. Um, she, I, I remember her kind of telling me this and like, I remember feeling like, oh, yeah, oh, why aren't we? But then, you know, I think there's also things about, you know, trying to want to bring viewers over to the uh, movies and mysteries. So, you know, using Aaron's kind of reputation uh, to sort of bring audiences. I, I don't know. I mean, you can't read into it too much but yeah i don't know i mean if you yeah. start reading into every time they they make a schedule change oh then yeah you'll drive you'll be nuts. yeah, yeah. Nuts. um so you, yeah. you the other one that we you did last year you did two last year which was very exciting you did the just add romance not a christmas movie it's a cooking no. movie uh yep. what, what was what was that like doing the the, the cooking thing because obviously you're in the kitchen you're very comfortable there um oh, yeah. did, did you feel like a fish <laughs> out of water at not being christmas and also having to cook or what did you did you love that I, I like I like cooking movies. It was really fun. It was also one of the coolest sets we've ever had. Mm. I like when the Hallmark movies do like a sort of like behind the scenes kind of like TV studio thing. And uh, they just built this awesome set for that. And actually for that movie, I um, I had asked if I could shadow the director uh, to kind of get a little bit idea of put, putting the whole thing together. So I went up early and I sat in on some of those design meetings and I was like, wow, this is really I'm you know, building this big set because as you know, with a 14 day movie, it's really hard to build a set. Um, cause there just isn't time for it. So yeah, I really liked that movie a lot. Um, it was, it was super fun. Cooking's fun. Do you want to direct? Is this something you want to do? I don't know. I mean, I'm a super curious person and, um, I feel like Hallmark would be a great place to kind of get my uh, feet wet in directing. Um, but also just like seeing the way it's done, it's so much work. And um, I don't know. I'll, we'll see. I, 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 I don't know. 
Wow, it's a good answer. Yeah, answer. it's a great yeah, answer. Great yeah. answer. Wow. You've um, you've uh, you know done so, done a handful of these. You've been doing homework movies for a while now. How have you kind of seen the the company, the business, uh, kind of evolve over the last few years? Have you been doing the movies? Is it something uh, where you're seeing them progress and evolve, and it, it excites you for the future um, in regards to homework movies and your career with them? Well, I think what I really respect about the Hallmark brand is like they, they have just done this kind of amazing thing um, where people like across so many different things, uh, different perspectives, like watch these movies. And some of them, I think there's like a cynical, you know, oh, we always know what's going to happen. We always know it's going to go. And then there's a sort of fan base that is like, this is this is high art. This is like the way all stories should be told, but they somehow can do this amazing sleight of hand where they can reach all these different people and they seem to be getting smarter and smarter at that. Um, so I really do, I do support the company and, and where they're going and what they're trying to do. And yeah, I really like working for them and they treat you really well. So, so, uh, what's your preferred type of, uh, screen entertainment? So like what genre of movie or TV show, are you most likely to watch if you're watching something? I'm definitely like a documentary guy. I love watching documentaries. Um, I like kind of docu-series type things. And then I have this habit of watching The West Wing. Yes. All the time. So it's good. It's weird. It's so good. So good. Um, it's the kind of show I think I'd like to be on, you know. Uh, like Aaron later. Sorkin, Walk and Talk, or something where it's just righteous and virtuous? <laughs> Love me. Well, that's great. A little bit of both. Uh, righteous and virtuous, walk and talk, but also like sort of like big stakes. Yeah. You know? Did you see the newsroom? Did you watch the newsroom? You know, I didn't watch the newsroom. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. It's so good. Is it great? The West, so the West Wing is the crowning achievement of Aaron yeah. Sorkin from a television perspective. But I, the and newsroom, network television, really. Yeah the, the, yeah. the newsroom is a show that people either love or hate because it's very quixotic and it has revisionist history. I loved it. Some people didn't like it. I loved it. I thought it was great. But I think The West Wing is kind of his, you know, that's the thing. I mean, obviously, he wrote A Few Good Men, and he wrote, you know, The Social Network. And so he's done some things in film. But from a TV perspective, I I think you could, I mean, Jeff Daniels has given such a great performance. I really want to to see To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, my gosh. That he he kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be unreal. I actually, actually, now I'm remembering this, I did a reading of A Few Good Men with Chris Pine. Wow. And... Uh, uh, Batman. Why can't I Michael think of Batman's Keaton? Name? Michael Keaton, and they wanted to maybe bring it back to Broadway, and they sort of put this room together of all these actors. It was like Katie Holmes, um, Wilder Vollmer, like Volmer? everybody from your mom. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Your, yeah. <laughs> no, it was like this incredible cast. And I was like, really? You want me to do this reading? I was like, absolutely. And I, I read the Kevin Bacon part. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. That's a that's the a great Marine. role. You're a lousy effing softball player, Jack. I love a few good men. If you can't tell, it's, and if it was on Broadway, uh, yeah, yeah, I would t- I would take a trip to Broadway just to see a few good men. That that would be fantastic. It was it was such an amazing reading, and like I worked my my butt off to try to just give this really great reading. And I think I my guess is that Chris Pine was maybe wanting to do it and they were kind of trying to get people interested in doing it so we did this reading we had a little conversation afterwards aaron sorkin was very late to the reading what he was like very late to the reading (laughs) and when you have like katie holmes and you know chris pine and batman waiting for an hour wow did he apologize or did he just show up and get moving 
I think he apologized and then just got moving. And Michael Keaton was Colonel Jessup, I assume. I'm like seeing this in yeah. my head, and I just yeah. want to. I want to watch it now. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks for nothing, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it was you that caused it not to go? Uh, yeah. Well, they threw a basketball. <laughs> they were like, "All right, Luke, if you can catch this ball, I'm giving you a heads up. We're throwing it. If you can catch this ball." It's a green lit. Dude, I, I wish I could have seen The Few Good Men, and I can't believe I didn't. And it was a missed opportunity for everyone, including you in the Kevin Bacon role, who I think would have made it better, clearly. Um, that Luke, we have a nickname for you on this show. Are you aware that we have a nickname for you on this show? We do. I'm we, not aware of a, a nickname. <laughs> I thought you listened to every episode, man. What happened? <laughs> No, uh, I don't. Uh, you're, you're misinformed about that. Um, I, I've listened to a few episodes. We call you Luke McCharman on this show. Luke McCharman instead of Luke McFarland. Oh, McCarman. No, no. Carmen was a Christian singer from the 90s. Uh, also, McCharman, C-H-A-R-M. Oh. And that is what all of our, our fans call you Luke McCharman, too. So you're welcome to use that whenever you want to. I like that. All right, Luke, uh, we're going to dive in. We're going to wrap up with a rapid-fire round. It's the part of the show we each get to ask you three questions, and you have to answer them as uh, quickly and honestly as possible. Are you ready to embark on this journey with us? Bring it on. Uh, Panda? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. That was <laughs> my voice needs warmed I, up, boys. Uh, sorry me, about me, that. Me, 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 me. You have been very silent, actually, Panda. I, 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 you know, you're... I am. You're I'm the, like the most in view, and you haven't said much. So. I, I don't. I'm. I'm a thinker. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I've had to dwell a lot on what you've said. It's been profound. Uh, yeah. Luke, you You're threw welcome. a metaphorical basketball at his mind. Yeah. Is what you did. Wow. <laughs> good callback. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, Luke, what's the best recent book you've read? I read an amazing book called The Topeka School. By uh, Bill Lerner. I don't know if you guys have heard of this I book. Have. Is it it's great? Exceptional. Uh, it was really, it was really great reading it. Uh, I found that the um, it's sort of '90s suburban uh, upbringing, which is kind of at the center of this book, uh, very, very relevant to my sort of growing up. And I think the book also just addresses a lot of these questions about like how do you uh, how do you raise like a son uh, in this day and age and. Uh, yeah, really, really amazing, beautiful piece of prose. Um, very effective. Wow. Loved it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Luke, yep. your dream director to work for? My dream director would probably be, you know what? I just love Tarantino. Yeah. yeah. I just love him. Like, everyone always looks like they're kind of having fun. And uh, he is just totally in control of that set. You, you know? get a lot of scenery to chew too, so you got a lot to lot to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you you know you remember um, you made us a piece of wood, um, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. How'd you? I'm gonna send that to you. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, how yeah. how did you get into the the woodworking uh, the game the game of woodworking? The game, the racket. The racket. Um, like, well, my, my grandfather, who I never met, was apparently kind of like a, a very skilled woodworker. He was an architect. Um, and so I had a, these old tools kind of laying around. Me and my dad would kind of build stuff. But my dad was not super patient. It was sort of like the router would go flying after, like, the cut didn't work. <laughs> uh, 
but then I always kind of knew I loved it. And uh, in high school, I used to work for like a contractor who basically told me every single day, don't ever become a contractor. It'll ruin your body. <laughs> um, but I still loved it. And then uh, I became an actor. And when I moved to Los Angeles, I kind of wanted to take my woodworking skills to the next level. And I started taking the school, uh, school of fine woodworking, which was just like all about joinery and uh, furniture construction. I did this down the school in Anaheim called the William Neng School of Fine Woodworking. And then it's just, you know, gone from there. And I'm always, I'm always dreaming about new projects. And uh, actually, the, the thing that I made you uh, right before quarantine happened, I bought this new tool, which is like a CNC machine. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it has been fun to play with. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Who's your favorite hockey player? <laughs> huh. I mean, I'm an L.A. Kings fan. Uh, so I'm going to say Drew Doughty, who also happens to be from my uh, hometown of London, Ontario. Oh, there you go. So you don't pull for any of the Canadian hockey teams? You're a Kings fan? Well, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Like, I, I didn't really have a lot of attention for hockey when I was a kid. I was, you know, busy uh, practicing my cello and going to choir practice. Uh, <laughs> More than fair. So I, I was kind of late to hockey. I only got into got into hockey later in life sort of in the last 10 years gotcha what is the thing that they make in canada that you can't find as good here in the united states (laughs) my mother literally this morning just sent me an email of canadian made things and i remember one that really surprised me on the list was like custom private jets what in winnipeg that's true wow apparently they make a lot of private jets in winnipeg i've tried to get good ones you know because i don't uh (laughs) no you don't drive yourself it is so hard to get a good private jet (laughs) it is you get it (laughs) there you go see i teed that one up for you you just knocked it right off well done um, no, so what do I really miss from Canada? Do you know what I really miss from Canada is, um, is uh, it, it really is kind of true about Canadian uh, manners. Canadians are very, very polite. So, uh, you know, they make, they, make, they make manners good up there in All Canada. Right. Now you're talking to people from the south now, Luke. So You guys make really good manners, too. That's right. That's true. Okay. Just want to make sure you get credit. That's what a good southern. And the people in the middle also make good matter. Everyone's got good matters. Yeah. You're going to alienate somebody, Luke. I know. (laughs) You're being very Canadian right now with your manners. I know. (laughs) Even talking about manners, you have good manners. Um, What is a a, a type of uh, movie, film, TV, whatever um, that you haven't gotten to make yet that you would be interested in, in, in diving into at some point? So here's a little bit of a, you know, thing I was actually supposed to do right before this, uh, this moment in history, I was actually supposed to film my first feature studio film what? and it was going to be a romantic comedy and, uh, we're on hold and that's all I can say, unfortunately what? about it. You can't but say anything yeah, else. I'll say it was a comedy and it was a co-lead and it was a studio film. Wow. Do you did you know who yeah. your uh, your leading gal was and if you said her name would we know who she was? I do and I cannot. Would we know her if you said the name though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Mm, that's great. And it's it's directed by Quentin Tarantino, right? What I understand. It's wild. Yeah, no. <laughs> wow, that's exci- I can't wait to find out. I can't wait to find yeah. out. 
Is it still on? Are you still going to do it? Or, or is it uh, scrapped now? Uh, no, the intention is to still make it, but you know, it's really, it's day by day. Uh, our industry is, uh, it's really tough for everybody to figure out how we're going to go back. So, yeah. yeah, it's also hard. Like I imagine it's like a, a, a priority list of, of things. You had all these things queued up and then you have to figure out which ones get first dibs diving in back in. Cause you want to put out, you know, a bunch of big movies, I'm sure imagine eventually. So I imagine it's hard to figure out. Yeah. And they've been sort of prioritizing, I think, uh, action, adventure, and comedy. Right. At least that's what we're hearing. So, yeah. Yeah. The monies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once this quarantine lifts, imagine we just come on out to hang out. Just a group of bros hanging out. Uh, yep. What, what would you recommend us as bros doing for a day if we were all going to hang out? Hey, where are we going to hang out? Yeah, that, yeah, that, where are we doing? That's my question. You plan the day, yeah, man. You're planning you, a day for us to hang out in L.A. with you, Luke. What do you want to do? Oh, so it's in L.A. So yeah, we're yeah, yeah we're, we're on your turf. How, how, what, uh, what do you plan for us, man? Gosh, that's really tough. Because the first thing I want to say is, like, I want to go to a great Civil War battlefield with you guys. Yes. And I want to walk around. I mean, so, like, if we could all meet up in Gettysburg and we could we could walk Pickett's Line. Okay. Or go up fun. Little Round Top, something like that. I'm that on board. That would be super fun. But because we're doing it in L.A., what, what we're going to do is we are going to uh, you're going to hang out with me in my garage and you're going to make a picture frame <laughs> I'm on board <laughs> because everyone needs a picture frame that's so and we got to start simple yeah. uh, so we're going to do that <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we're going to go to uh, get some uh, downtown uh, we're going to go to a great taco shop downtown nice get some tacos that and maybe like go to a Dodgers game yes I'm on board. Dodgers. Everybody shows up late to the Dodgers game. That's what I've heard. I'm a I'm yeah. a big New York Yankees fan, so you know. Gotcha. Um, okay, so what's your speaking of when quarantine lifts? What's your favorite place to eat in Los Angeles? You get to eat one meal in Los Angeles. What's your favorite place? Mm. I uh, really love uh, this little restaurant kind of close to where I live called Antico, and it's a little Italian restaurant. And they got, uh, they actually opened up not too long ago and they, uh, they have a wood burning stove and they kind of do just traditional Italian stuff. Mm. Super, super good. Um, really simple, not like overly, overly fancy. And, uh, I can almost walk there from my house, which is a pretty rare thing in LA. Wow. I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, what is, uh, what's something that you've watched during quarantine that you wouldn't be proud saying that you watched during quarantine? I started Tiger People. Tiger King, yeah. 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 You didn't finish it. I didn't even finish it. No, man. That's impressive because you love the docuseries. I would think that you'd be into it. Yeah, I know. I that Everyone told me that, too. They were like, oh, you're going to really like it. And I just, I, it made me, like, sad. Yeah. It made me sad for the tigers, sad for the people. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, that's fair. So that was a hard one to admit. But, yeah, didn't finish it. That's okay. Gotcha. That's okay. That's did it. we do it? We did it. We, we did, did it. it. Congratulations, Luke. You That's made it. it. Um, how can wow. uh, are you, you? Obviously, you're you're just on Instagram. Congratulations. You you've done it. Um, Thank you. Uh, what can people expect out of that follow at the at uh, the ten underscore minute? Uh, what is it? Ten minutes know, younger. Ten minutes younger underscores with the in the things. Yep. What can you expect? I, I think mostly I'm really just kind of showing you what I'm doing uh, with my with my time off, uh, and, and that's a lot of woodworking. So I hope that's interesting. 
Mm. It's very interesting. Yeah, I think Absolutely. So. It's very interesting. Um, guys, we did it? We, we did, did it. it. Wonderful. Luke, thank you for joining us, and uh, may we be the first to wish you a Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Deck the Hallmark Thanks. is a Bramble Jam podcast. It's presented by Friendly TV and recorded live in Greenville, South Carolina at the Bramble Jam Podcast Network Studios. It's produced by Brandon Gray. You can find out more information at deckthehallmark.com.